Welcome to a special presentation of a previously Patreon-only episode of Movie Club, featuring none other than the one, the only, Alaska Thunderfuck. Alaska joined me to discuss one of her favorite films, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. For many, many more movie clubs, head on over to patreon.com slash craigandfriends. Coming soon, Hedwig and the Angry Inch Movie Club featuring cinematographer Frank DeMarco, composer Stephen Trask, and makeup wizard Mike Potter. Liquid Sky with star and co-writer Ann Carlisle and our pal James St. James. But you know what? Right now, let's get into this episode. Enjoy! just in general it can go oh, down that, in my ears how's that yeah it's good. Is that good okay well that voice you hear you're familiar with it you know it and you love it from race chaser and so many other fine audio programs it's alaska <laughs> thunder funds <laughs> thanks for joining me alaska is it what are you not allowed to swear on this podcast no i just i, I think i'm hooked <laughs> on saying thunder funds i'm sorry let me correct that it's alaska thunder fuck yes you've heard this podcast you know that you can say pretty much whatever uh, you'd like yes yeah. yeah, completely. It, that's the clown dog music. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Clown dog, which for some reason made me think of cock dog over in West Hollywood. Have you <laughs> Is been that there? a thing? <laughs> it really is. Cock dog. K-O-C-K. Dog, yeah. I thought is it was a like gag. a chicken play? No, a chicken it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those, uh, you know, like upmarket, elevated hot dog kind of things. And it's, um, it's real. I thought it was like, you know, because it's on Santa Monica Boulevard. I thought, where is it? Well, where is it? No, it's across the street from, like, Tom Tom or one of those places. So it's Robertson or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're like, oh, okay, that's like an underwear store. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, that, that right. can't be a restaurant, but yeah. it's a restaurant. Yeah. Word. Right? I know I haven't checked They're out Cock really, Dog yet. That's but. really on the nose. <laughs> it really is. Be like, these hot dogs are shaped like ducks. <laughs> Would you like our daddy dog? Come in and try that. <laughs> yeah. We have our pups. We have our otter dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cock dogs. Yeah, the sauce on them is really fabulous. So we are here to discuss one of your favorite films, right? Yes. One of the films that made me. Ah, uh, yes. Now, did this have anything to do with your naming yourself Alaska? Wait, why? Is there an Alaska reference there might be, in and the I movie? Think, and we might just have a clip of that. Fuck. So, oh, my gosh. See. Amazing. Alaska. Alaska container. Alaska oh, oh my god, yes, hey. I do remember this. <laughs> oh my god. TV rocks your brains. Uh, it's so good. I was wondering, because this is one of your formative influence films, that perhaps that it's something to do with the, your name. Alaska Container. Uh, <laughs> Alaska. That is so fun. I remember seeing that and, and being gagged by that. And of course, TV rocks your brains is something I like say often, and I love watching tv so i don't listen to mrs stirak <laughs> mrs stirak did not shape you no i didn't listen to her i was like that little girl chop her head off that girl kicking in the fucking chore board <laughs> that's great i also love that that uh unleashes some kind of chain of events where there's all kinds of things smashing in the living room we just hear the adr <laughs> smashing of like glass and so the, the sound work in this movie is really amazing the sound design first of the score is really kind of eerie and it has this kind of dreamlike quality to it 
Yeah, it's a weird. It's a very strange movie. <laughs> it's extremely also, strange. Also, the swear words are dubbed over. Oh, poorly. they are. Oh, I didn't notice the that. The mouths are saying like the little girl. She's like, "Fuck you!" And then it like they just they just voice over like, "Screw you!" <laughs> I love detecting that. There's a bunch of that murder she wrote. Really? Yeah, they, but they're obviously not swear words. They're just changing names or something. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I catch it and I'd have to rewind. I'm like, "What are they possibly saying?" <laughs> They do it with swear words. Yeah, they do do it with swear words. So that must have meant that this film was a hard R when it was originally done. I think so. And I I think some massive, like, what year was this? 90? 90, filmed in 90, released in 91, yeah. I think there was some really, like, test market, like, yes. retooling that happened with this film. There was. And even back when it was in the script stage, you know, it was originally called The Real World was the title of the film. And that was the title of the film up until including, basically until they were filming the fashion show sequence. Keith Coogan says in an interview that they were told of the new title, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, during that shoot. And they were all dejected because they thought, oh no, what's going to happen to the movie? Uh, because the real world, by the time the movie was going to be coming out, MTV owned the name. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I think actually we, it all worked out best in the end because, would that be a great title for this movie? No, but... The thing that I love about this movie is that it's a girl movie yes. disguised as a boy movie. Oh, it is such a girl movie, which is great. Yeah. What guy in it, outside of Brian, isn't a creep? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, well, men are uh, yeah. either like, like assholes or lecherous <laughs> or parasites. Yes. Yeah. Or a combination of all three. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Bruce is just a creep, super creep, the Duchovny character. Uh, yeah, he's like a horrible. Horrible. And then her like creepy, gross co-worker. Oh, Gus. Yeah. Gus is the worst. Let's hear a little bit of Gus to refresh our memory on his uh, sleaziness. Oh, God. So, how long have you and Rose been together? Well, we're not really together. A few months. We agreed we're not exclusive. Mm. Yeah. I date other women. Yeah. You know, dinner, movies, jazz clubs, the symphony. <laughs> music. I played some cello in my high school orchestra. Oh. <laughs> 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 People always tell you how young you look. No, not usually. No. I'd ask how old you are, but uh, most women don't really like that. No, we don't. It baffles me. I mean, a woman gets older, she matures, she ripens, uh, juices start flowing. <laughs> What's to hide? Would you like something from the bar? Have a drink. It's a special occasion. All right. I'd like a martini and Rossi on the rocks. Ah, yes. Sweet or dry? What? Sweet or dry? Um, oh, just a little bit of both. So you were saying that the waiter is someone that you know. He is one of my instructors in college. Amazing. Now, had you, you'd seen the film before you went to college, right? Yes. And how excited were you when you discovered that? Uh... I was very excited. <laughs> you should have been. Uh, yeah. I would have been as well. Oh yeah. my gosh, he's amazing. That's great. Sweet or dry. <laughs> Did you ever quote the film to him? A little bit of both. Probably. And he probably was so sick of it because that's like <laughs> yet another iconic line from this movie. And he got to say it. There are so many iconic lines in this movie. Of course, your favorite. Mm -hmm. Would be what? Well, I'm right on top of that rose is probably the number one if we were doing like a countdown. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But there, uh, there's so many good ones, though. 
The, the the line about the cucumber. Oh God, a girl over a woman over forty should always have a cucumber in the house. <laughs> like, what is what does that even mean? Are you suggesting <laughs> that women over forty use cucumbers to fuck themselves? I do believe that is what Rose is talking about. That's yeah, the insinuation. That is the insinuation. Look, Rose is uh, pretty loose lipped when it comes to sex talk. I mean, we hear about Santa Barbara. <laughs> 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 Well, obviously, our weekend away in Santa Barbara was the turning point for us. Shades of real intimacy. Sue Ellen, Sue Ellen, have you ever had a 48-hour orgasm? No, I've never been to Santa Barbara. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glowing. The man makes me glow. Am I glowing? Yeah, you're a little bit shiny. Oh, God. I feel like a teenager. Now, Joanna Cassidy is amazing in this. She's so good. She's fantastic. Rose Lindsay. Now, what's going on with her hair? Is that a wig or is that just a very deliberate hairstyle? I would have to really like rewatch it with a critical eye and get Big into screen. it yeah, because yeah. I don't I don't know, but I love just the triangular orange <laughs> carrot hair. It's, yeah. it's, it's so good. And she's a revelation as an actor. She said in some interview that she gets more attention from this movie than any other thing that she's ever been in. It's iconic. It is iconic, yeah. And I'm so shook because I have been up peaches christ's ass for years uh-huh. wanting to do this yeah and she's like uh, i don't really think people know it i don't think it's like really recognizable or like popular enough you know there's a few big articles buzzfeed did a whole oral history of the movie uh <laughs> it's like a thing it's a major uh, fucking thing there was some uh entertainment executive <laughs> that they were interviewing that says when they have assistants that come on staff now a lot of them, the first thing they say is kind of a jokey way to sort of acknowledge that they're on top of things is, I'm right on top of that, Rose. Yeah. And they're like, how do you know that? And then the writers of the film, who kind of were slightly, if not embarrassed by it, confounded by the success of the film, because mm-hmm. they intended it actually as a much more hard-nosed, dark film. When they were introduced at a party, the guy was like, oh, this is the guy who wrote Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And he at first was sort of embarrassed. But the host was flipping out, like, oh, my God, that's the greatest. And he was like, he thought it was a put on at first. He didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was aired on HBO all the time. HBO financed the film. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of films they financed, they would run on repeat. When was the first time you saw it? It was, I, I mean, I don't know. I was a little kid. And... I was allowed to rent it because if it had some like if it had like a girly title or something, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be able to rent it because like oh, okay. my parents didn't want me doing girly shit because I was doing enough girly shit, <laughs> so they didn't want to like encourage it. But yeah. don't tell mom the babysitter's dead sounds like a fucking comedy like boy action like goofy, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would rent this. Uh, at my mom's uh, my mom and my dad's house and then i would go stay with dad for the weekend and i would rent it out there and i would rent it over and over again and i watched it over and over. like i love it because really the babysitter dies in the first 10 minutes of the movie taken care of and then it's just a girl living her fucking fashion designer like she became an influencer like an instagram influencer <laughs> yes, she did in the 90s. she did and all on her own steam <laughs> yeah, yeah she did she did she put it together she whipped things into shape and she, she rescued did. the family yes. and then also uh, became self-reliant weirdly though at the end 
What do you think happens at the end? Do you think that she goes off to college and then eventually will become some or like her own Rose at a different company? Yeah, I yeah, that's what it, they hint at, right? Because I think so. Rose is sort of like I have some connections, and you know, you want to go can. to Vassar, I'll pull some strings, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's in there now. Like she's connected to people that she might not have been connected to before. The kind of people that yeah. Carolyn would only uh, dream of being connected to. Yeah, which like the lesson to millennials is like lie, uh, misrepresent yes. yourself. That's right. As long as you're like well dressed and good at fashion and uh, are beautiful exactly then, as long like, as those three are taken care of you literally can get into vassar <laughs> that's right uh, you can basically destroy a company <laughs> on the inside and smuggle an, an old dead lady in a steamer trunk commit deep <laughs> grievous crimes like abuse of a corpse As, like yeah. not reporting uh-huh. a dead a dead person <laughs> that's right theft mm-hmm embezzlement mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mismanagement of funds and you can get you can go to vassar that's right you can succeed yes. remember as long as you can do your job okay or aka like you said be good at fashion and or beautiful It'd you'd be christina fuck it up that's right yeah. if you were her especially you can get away with a lot as long as you can do the job lie your ass off i think there's a listener question about that about whether or not either of us or either of us had ever done something like that I mean, I know you were telling me about your days in the garment trade. What, was it uniforms or was it just those cute hats that you oh, were Oh, we're in the bowels of the fashion <laughs> industry. <laughs> this is Franklin. This is our new spring line. Lovely, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. You know, I thought we made designer clothes. <laughs> Suella, no. We're in the bowels of the fashion industry. General Apparel West is one of 32 subdivisions of Chemtech America, one of our nation's leading chemical corporations. This is our design area. And this is Franklin, our head designer. Oh, hi. Hi. He'll be verifying his purchase orders pending my approval and consulting with him on budget estimates. Bye, Franklin. Bye. The incidental characters, the side characters, were all Uh really fleshed out. Like, Franklin was a very real person. Yeah, he's like gay, right? He was, I believe so. Yeah, he was yeah. like kind of like a queen who worked in the fabric. Room. Yes, that's right. A little yeah. emotional. Yeah. Kate Bosch wrote, Hello, hi all. Thank you for another fun film for the weekend. I must say my highlight of the film is David Duchovny playing the shittiest part. And I'm wondering if either of you have ever lied to apply for a job or audition or accidentally got a job which was totally out of your reach. The latter happened to me before and it was a mixture of comedy and nightmare. I lasted for six months though. Love you all, X, Kate. Well, love you, Kate. Now, you take this one first. Have you ever lied to get into uh, an audition or job? I think the closest I came, it's very boring, but the closest I came to lying was Welcome just Welcome to Movie like, Club. Yeah. Right. It's just like, you know, sort of fussing with the dates of how long I was at jobs. Yeah, sure, sure. Because, first of all, I couldn't fucking remember. I'm really bad at dates and, like, time periods. Okay, and sure. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Didn't keep a journal of these things. And- yeah. And I went through jobs a lot. Like I was never really at jobs for more than a year. Yeah, drag is the is the job, the only job that lasted a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you're good at it. And you're beautiful. Yeah. And I lied to get here. <laughs> I'm actually a 17 year old girl. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew you got ahead. You- <laughs> 
All of this is in the hands of a child. <laughs> and that's why your accomplishments are even more impressive, you know? I mean, this is my hair, I mean, from a, from a 15-year-old at the time. Yeah, I'm Christine Applegate. <laughs> and this is her first big starring role after being married with children. It was like her leap to movies. Yes, it was. It was. Was this in theaters at all? It was. It was uh, released to not big of a fanfare. They thought, everyone thought, involved with the movie, that it was going to be so big that maybe there would be sequels. And it came out and did like four million the opening weekend. Wouldn't it have been great if there were sequels? If there was sequels, that would be amazing. Maybe they'll do one. Oh Nowadays. my god, they could because now with the uh, reimaginings and re- what's refreshes, what do they call it when they bring something back? Reboot. Reboot. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. not a reimagining. That would be terrible. Uh, a reboot <laughs> would be great, like a following on, and then Christina could be the. Uh, the rose type character to right. a young lass yeah. who's making it on her own <laughs> i also love that rose along the way has many opportunities to be like oh you're terrible get out <laughs> and yet she's like oh you had someone else do the qed report oh my god what brilliant use of delegation <laughs> i didn't know how you were gonna get it all done oh, oh my god carolyn if you want to get ahead in the in corporate world <laughs> you can learn from this girl <laughs> oh, I love her. I love her optimism, and I love that later she brings a jello mold. I brought this jello mold just in case you needed one. Oh, this is my husband, Howard. Hello. I love your house. Oh, wow. Lying on your resume and uh, scheming other people out of a job who are more qualified. And then using them to do your work. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of times the movie almost takes uh. turns into making the characters totally unlikable. Yeah. It's right in the precipice. Especially when the kids fuck Christina Applegate over and spend all the money. They steal all the money dicks. from petty cash. Total dicks. I mean, how much would a giant entertainment center like that cost? Where that was like the pinnacle of just you are the coolest person. You have oh, a giant yeah. wall covered with shit <laughs> and the TV is really tiny. Yeah, maybe like 15 by 15, maybe. Oh my God. And, but you know what the real sign of luxury there is when the workmen leave one of the cabinets is just jam-packed with sealed vhs tapes ready for use oh yes <laughs> and you know it's sad that one of the kids couldn't get off their ass and tape oprah winfrey for her what they are dicks they're fucking dicks she has to drive in gridlock <laughs> in a volvo with no air oh uh, yeah Ugh. <laughs> the indignity while her friends are you know gallivanting off in europe do they live in la they yes. live like in like Rancho Cucamonga or something. I think so, yeah. I, yeah. I meant to look up the shooting locations. I still can because that shopping center where the uh, well, where this moment happens is quite uh, <laughs> evocative. Those drag queens? Which drag queen? That's our car. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> hey, let's what go. are you queens doing in our car? Step on it. Liza? I love that car. Call the cops. Oh, yeah, what are we going to say? Liza Minnelli stole our Buick? 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, it's not that far-fetched. I mean, she spends time in L.A. as far as I know, and I don't think the cops would bat an eye at that. Oh, my God. Isis had her ups and downs, right? And I believe it's really choppily, uh, like, ADR over the thing. <laughs> yeah. Are those drag queens? <laughs> What's a drag queen? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And right before this, there's a whole bunch of mumbling going on in the background. I also noticed that when the kids are present, and I didn't pull a clip of this, but maybe I'll drop it in and post. When the kids are talking behind Keith Coogan and Christina Applegate, the kids in the back are just going like, it's just like layers of that. So it's just atmospheric nightmares. There's that spooky ghost music and then the horrible sounds of the children. She's living in a terror zone, really. Yes. And it's part of why I think I like the movie because it's extremely campy because it's unintentional. There's so many unintentional, like, just like flaws yeah that are just blatantly out there <laughs> yeah and almost enhanced yes yes it's like they got the first copy of the movie and they were like we have to put this out in a week <laughs> what can you do to make this into like a boy action movie oh right that's also pg-13 <laughs> you were putting out a hard-hitting sort of like um reality bites yeah. like this is actually more hard-hitting, hard-hitting than reality bites by the way yes D- like dark like for teenagers for teenage girls like movie okay make it for um for middle school boys (laughs) and you have a week (laughs) no swear words yeah go yeah and drag queens stealing a car yeah now what do you think about that earlier before we turned the mics on while we were enjoying a lovely salad (sighs) we were talking about art from the early eras meaning the 90s and how (laughs) problematic it could possibly be Yes. Do you find this problematic at all? Because we have a question from a listener about that as well. I do find it problematic in the sense that this is just another example of the villains are always queer people. Yes. And and if there's a queer person appearing on screen, they are mentally defective or a criminal or a killer or, <laughs> or the a bad combination. Guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So this is another example of that. It's like, of course. Uh, there was there were three drag queens in a movie that I watched on repeat as a child. However, they are stealing a Buick. Right. Not even a sort of upmarket car. They're going for an they old lady want Buick. A vintage Buick, well, which why true. wouldn't they? Well, that's true. And it does go with their outfits. Yes. Yeah. But what were they doing at the shopping center? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> were they enjoying some of that lovely pizza that Keith Coogan was warfling down? Maybe they were at Club Chico, which is in like a strip mall. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe that's one of the things that got cut out of the film when they had to, you know, sort of refashion it for the 13-year-old boy market. I do not know, but I really like it. I wonder if there is a deeper explanation or if it was just like what maybe the this was a thing that happened. Oh yeah, maybe queens news. around that time were like known for jacking cars. Stealing shit. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe the I I don't know. I would like to know more about that though. I would as well. Our listener question from Lou M about this says, also nice to see Liza Marilyn and Willem there. Wish there was more scenes with drag queens other than them <laughs> robbing a car. 
See, I knew Willem has had a long and storied acting career, and I didn't realize it, it was, dated back this far. It was Dolly Parton, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. It was Dolly, Marilyn, and Liza. Can't beat him. Lou has a couple other questions. Uh, first off, saying, hello, Craig in Alaska. I'm a little late for the party. Not late. Uh, you got your question in on time, so... That's uh, perfectly on time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had any experiences with people like Sue Ellen's brother, Kenny, that's always messing around, irresponsible, and disorganized? Well, you've been on plenty of tours, so I have a feeling you've uh, had plenty of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I think that living in Pittsburgh with Sharon, it was like, I mean, Sharon was never, um, she was... Actually, really, I I feel like I was the lazy brother at times. You were times. the Kenny, okay? Yeah, I was, I was cleaning up the house a lot because okay. it was like there were just beer cans like everywhere. <laughs> Look, granted, a lot of them were mine too. Sure, sure. So I felt like Sue Ellen whenever I was like cleaning up the house because. I felt like if I didn't do it, then we just wouldn't do it. Sure, right. You'd just be buried in beer cans. Yeah. But Sharon, I will say to her credit, she always like had a job and was paying bills and she sure. she actually was really good at like um like um what's the brother's name? Kenny. Or Kenneth as he later changes yeah, it to. Like, yeah. Like Kenneth is later in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like she was really good at cooking and like being a homemaker, actually. That's interesting. Yeah. Any favorite dishes that Sharon would make? And also Sharon, uh, I think at some point I've seen in photos had a haircut that was very similar to Kenneth's later. Yeah. Yeah. Stylings. Yeah. She loves to make soup. She's oh. really good at soup. Yeah. And, um, and those uh, Triscuit crackers. Making the Triscuit crackers? She didn't make them, but she chose the right place. <laughs> I see. Oh, well, that's just as important as baking them yourself. It's very difficult. It is very difficult. Yeah. Now, also pairing those with the right cheese or just selecting them in general? Always great cheese yeah. selections. Mm -hmm. yes. What's your favorite cheese? Right now, I'm into like a smoky like Gruyere, like a harder Sure. Harder cheese. Yeah. Something intense like Gruyere. Love that. I do too. Yeah. Do you ever make nachos with Gruyere? No, but that sounds so fucking good. Oh, I also love Havarti. Havarti's lovely as well, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Emmenthal's nice as well. It's kind of near Gruyere. It's oh. in the Swiss family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Swiss family Robinson. <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, the next time you make nachos, do it with Gruyere. It, uh, it elevates it. It's quite mm -hmm. nice. I also have a lovely seven-layer dip recipe that uh, calls for cheddar, but you put Gruyere in there, and it's all that better. I love that. Mm. And uh, I'm sure I've had experiences like that with in people in bands, I don't like being in bands, and I haven't been in a long time. But mm -hmm. there's always someone that's like not lifting the amp or carrying the stuff. Like they're always just mysteriously in the bathroom when it's time to move stuff. I don't go for that. Um, although you know, if they could turn it around like Kenneth did, I do also like that the the message of the movie. Well, there's many messages, but the subtext of the thing is like be kind of responsible, and like life is a lot better. Yeah, that right. Is a lesson. Like pursue things that you're interested in. Give a shit you'll actually care more. It's not so much fun to just like sort of loaf about and throw caution to the wind. Yeah, it's like actually not cool or glamorous at to, all to act that way. It's not. It's much better to dress up like a Christmas ornament and be a fashion influencer. Yes. And I mean, the film is also kind of anti-cannabis, which oh yeah, because okay. Kenneth sure. is a stoner. Sure presumably which i didn't 
know what that was when okay. I was a kid. But yeah. like watching it later in my life, I was like, they're smoking weed. <laughs> I never knew what I never clocked it. You must have thought that they were just smoking cigarettes. Or just like be a lazy bad kid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're like clearly high as fuck. Very high. Maybe they're smoking PCP because they never <gasps> specify, right? Okay, so Maybe the little kid is when he climbs up on the roof because he's clearly out of his mind. <laughs> he's on PCP. <laughs> yeah. Ah, ah, yes. The film also tells us how important television is to us and to finding our direction in life because Kenneth discovers his uh, passion for Judy Child. Yeah. Although I got to say, you know, first of all, we'll get into the smoking in a minute, but the amount of Belgian waffles consumed in this is an irresponsible depiction of how to eat for children, I think. And I'm curious, did you ever suffer from a Belgian waffle dependency based on the number of times that you watched this film? We never had Belgian waffles. I never had Belgian waffles. I don't think I've to this day ever had a Belgian waffle. Yeah, I don't know if I have either. I think I had a bite of someone else's from Kitchen 24 once. Oh, nice. Yes, thank you. I, I tend to not order breakfast foods like that much. How about a salad bowl full of Captain Crunch Ooh. with a whole gallon of milk poured in it. Maybe once or twice, you know, in the yeah. crazier days. It's crazier to write. It's happened. It might have been, uh, yeah, Captain Crunch berries too, so even wilder. Yeah. <laughs> I know with that, I thought I would probably have a problem with that, even as a kid, with sharing it with other people. It's kind of sick. It's a little disgusting. Yeah. And it would become a soggy nightmare really fast. Really quickly. We all know from trying to serve that at parties. Uh, <laughs> what a fun punch bowl idea that would be. Just if you have a big tray of stuff, a big plate, oh a platter of stuff, wouldn't it be fun to just put that out there and see what people do? Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead themed party. Ooh, oh my God. I'm Belgian down for waffles. That. Belgian waffles <laughs> on toothpicks has the hors d'oeuvre. Yes. PCP and the big bowl of Captain Crunch. Oh, and cock dog. Cock dog, clown dog. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's right. That's right, because uh, Brian doesn't work at cock dog. That would be a different film, wouldn't it? And um, B- Brian is here in a wedge cap. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. His name's Brian? Yes, his okay. name. I love her ability to improv. I mean, that's one She's of the things good. that will get you through in life, right? Yeah. She's good on her feet. She is. She's determined. And also, it shows how much women have to put up with in general. Yes. Because even in the big scene where she's about to give a fashion presentation, she's assisting Kenneth with the baked brie. She mm-hmm. still has time to comfort Zach, who, by the way, fucked her over totally and spent, I don't know how much of her fucking money on a diamond for his little shit girlfriend who dumped him shortly thereafter. Sala- what's, what's the girl's Samantha, name? I think. His moon goddess. Let's verify. Let's go to the tape. Verify that. Roll the tape. Zachary, where you been? You're our mater D. Cynthia dumped me for Jacob. Cynthia. Cynthia. I'm sorry. Just don't understand. She was my moon goddess. I know. Get over it. Did you get the diamond back? See, even then, she's taking time out to do the emotional labor of helping the kid Uh who fucked her over. Kenneth doesn't have time for it. He's just like, get over it. Yeah. You know, even his reformed uh, self does not have time for sympathy like that. Yeah. And so the men are constantly having to coddle all the men. Yeah. Except for Brian. Brian's the only one. And then Brian is adrift in uh, insecurity and misery because he thinks that she's hiding a second lover from him. Her dress in the party, in the final party sequence, is like my favorite. The one, the black strap yeah. number? I yeah. actually owned it Ooh. for a while. There are pictures of me in it. I really want this Peaches Christ thing to happen. Hey, I'm still open to it. Yeah. I will clear my schedule, Peach. (laughs) Let's fucking do it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And, you know, interesting thing, sad thing about the kid who played Zach. Do you know about this? He died. He did. Age 24 from a drug overdose. So sad. Super Horrible. sad. Horrible. Something I forgot to tell earlier, this is the first time I ever saw the movie. And I didn't even realize I hadn't seen it. I sort of thought I really? saw it. Yeah, I just, I don't know, maybe I was so familiar with the title and everything, and I'd seen a clip somewhere. Mm-hmm. But then as I put it on, I was like, how did I have never seen this? So thank you, Alaska, for turning me on to this magic film. You're welcome. <laughs> maybe that's what Peaches is talking about. <laughs> like, there's an entire well, but also, swath of people who have never seen it. True, but I'm also, I'm going to be 44 in February, so maybe mm-hmm. it was an age thing, you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. Because you're I much, mean, much younger than I am, right? Like, a little. Like 25 years young. <laughs> No, I uh, since I am a 17-year-old girl, well, that is that's correct. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. See, my math is even off there. That's because of my old age. So there you go. <laughs> uh, and other actors in the film that are interesting, David Duchovny, and this was his first or second thing that ever he ever did. Can I help you? Yeah, I need a copy of the Bob's Big Boy account figures. Schwell, what are you going to do? This clown dog shit's gone, man. Look, what do you want me to do? We have a receding profit margin. Yo, Gidget, could you get on it? I can't right now. I'm on an important phone call. Swell, if you didn't get the money, then why the hell did you call? Hey, look. I don't have all day. Kenny, hold on. What is your name and what do you do here? I'm Bruce. I'm head inventory clerk. Why? Well, Bruce, I'm an executive level administrative assistant. And when I get those figures ready, I'll give you a buzz and you can run on up here and fetch them, all right? Yeah. Sure. Sorry. It's okay. Again, all the men, little kids. Doesn't yes. Rose say something like that about all men or boys when you date them or something like that? I think so. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay Rose, the People's Candidate, writes, Craig, how you doing, bud? Is you good? Is you okay? Because we want to know. Dab. So uh, I'm dabbing in spirit there because uh, you suggested it, Lindsay, and thank you. And then to Alaska. Oh, well, I'll answer the question first. That might help. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks. Uh, I'll be street legal yeah. for sex fun uh, as of Wednesday because of the week that they gave me at the clinic. 
will be over on Wednesday. And I did not suffer any of the adverse consequences that many report as a result of the gonorrhea treatment. So, God, yeah, uh, that, that's the same treatment, apparently, that made Katya shit Courtney's bed. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. the, the antibiotics. Yes, exactly. Although maybe it was the penicillin, because I'm allergic to penicillin and all the cillin, so they gave me something else. But they gave me a shitload of it, like two grams of azithromycin or something. There was eight pills. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. And then a shot in each cheek. And then wow. I was on my merry way. <laughs> but I had a flushed face the next day, but none of the other stuff. So that's good. Quite good. I'm quite relieved. So I'm doing good, Lindsay, and I appreciate you asking. And listening to that clip, I, the main thing I took away from it was just how, like, how impressive our resources are for oh, yeah. sexual health in Los Angeles. It's amazing. Because, girl, in Pittsburgh, when I was yeah. in college, it yeah. was like, Every step of the way, they made so difficult and agonizing mm-hmm. to get treated, to get tested, to get diagnosed. Like it was, it it was really really hard. But like there are so many resources in Los Angeles for free as well. For free, right? Yeah. So like, I, it's it's very impressive, and I think that they're doing a really good job. And that's why I donate money to the LGBT center whenever I fucking can. And that's a great um, idea. Yeah. That's a good move, too, especially if the holidays coming up. A lot of times people look for charities to donate to. Yeah. There can't be one better than that. because okay. uh, and, mm-hmm, and you heard the determination in that clip because they called back immediately. I mean, a lot of places they yes. wouldn't even. Yeah, right? And they were like, hey, listen, you got to get down here. So yeah. bless them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I went back for the treatment, they had heard the segment, which was nice. So I, apparently it was the <laughs> Wow. Fame. I know, right? Destroyed by fame. <laughs> <laughs> he was the talk of the clinic. Yeah. <laughs> and then for Alaska, Lindsay says, My darling leopard printed sunshine, my future secretary of defense, because you slay all Thooterbops. My cupcake catering side business did a little pound cake mini cake bite project. But my question for you, Lindsay has a lovely cupcake business. Yeah, it's very cute. And then uh, she says, But my question for you is, can we expect a tour soon? And if so, will it hit San Francisco? Well, when does this come out? Probably in the next few weeks. Okay. Well, we're, definitely in time for Christmas. We're Jeremy and I are coming to San Francisco in a few days, so we probably uh, <laughs> check my social media, yeah. um, Lindsay. No, yeah, we're coming in a few days. Um, the sixth and seventh, I believe, cool. we're doing a very Lilith Fair Christmas. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm there's yeah. Um, now, are you doing any LA shows in the coming weeks to months? Or years, you know, you can choose any time frame uh, that you'd like. Yes, I don't know if I can announce it yet, but I will be doing something in L.A. in January, and I'm really looking forward to it. That's so. great. Is there a cock dog tie-in? Or I don't think so. Not yet, anyway. We're doing the Golden Girls. I don't know if I'm supposed to announce it, but, like, why, oh. why not? I, I, okay. Yeah, I'm doing the Golden Girls with Jackie Beat, so I'm. it's, like, my favorite thing in the whole world. Oh, that's great. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing that. When is that, roughly? Like the middle of January. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if yeah, if I'm here, if it's before I go to England, I'll be I'll be there for sure. Yeah, you should go. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. Jesse Rosen writes, "Glad to hear you're well, Craig. Well, thank you, Jesse. Thanks for being so open. My pleasure. A question for both of you is, what is your all-time favorite movie? Because this was a great one, and I'd like to know others. Well, I think I always have to answer all about Eve. For sure. That question. Mm-hmm. I think it's like such a perfect film. Yeah. And uh really exquisite and um 
really amazing. And who's in that for folks who don't know it? It's a Betty Davis movie. And uh, it was basically like the Titanic of its day. Because it won like so, it was nominated for so many Academy Awards and won so many. And it was like the first time that a movie had done that. The writing is like, you just look at it and you're just like, every line is like a memorable, quotable catchphrase. Every single line. And it's really easy to quote the whole thing because they roll so well into one another. Oh, okay, sure. It's a fantastic film. I really recommend it. For my favorite, I'd have to pick, uh, I guess I'm going to, I always have to make it two or three. So, um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, yeah. Love that. Goodfellas. Uh-huh. Slash Casino, you could either one swap either one of those in uh, or out, right? And by the way, everyone doing uh, Casino with Willem for Movie Club coming up soon. The official nice. announcement's coming up soon. I know I'm excited about that. And um, the, for the third one, this is Spinal Tap. Oh, okay, love that one. Yeah. And Work. then uh, Jesse also says, question for you: uh-huh. Do you plan on doing any more Lady Gaga dedicated album shows? People live for Justice for Art Pop. By the way, do you remember Justice for Art Pop? <laughs> Because Gaga doesn't oh, remember right. our, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good joke when you have to explain it. Yeah. Uh, and A Star is Born This Way, and I'm sure they want more of it. I'd die for a fame monster one. Well, the answer is, of course, we love doing it, and and people love coming, and I feel like we really tapped into, like, insane Lady Gaga fans. And I love doing shows with Nick, and, like, everyone who's involved in the shows in New York are just, like, outstanding. Like, these singers and dancers are... The fucking drag performers are just—it's—it's it's such a joy to do it. Yeah. So the answer is yes. I want to do it in other places. I want to do other albums, other eras. I want to do other artists a little bit that aren't even Lady Gaga, but sure. like we give this sort of insane fan treatment to. Sure. So um. So yeah. So stay tuned. It's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when. That's great. Who are some of the artists maybe that you would pick outside of Gaga for those shows? Well, we love Kim Petras right now. Sure, yeah. I I saw her concert, and I think she's the real deal, and like she's really exciting. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Steve Miller Band. Are, ah, <laughs> maybe <laughs> Ariana. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of choices to pick from. I'm yeah. sure that'll be fabulous. Royt Cohen wrote something that we sort of addressed before. So, Royt, I'm sorry we didn't get your question first. Royt wants to know, so what do you guys think about the model of masculinity portrayed in this film through the characters of Kenny and his friends? I guess that is specific to Kenny and his friends, and we didn't really hit that. So, uh, what about them? Well, that was sort of representative of that whole, like, stoner, like, um, cool kid, like, slacker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah trope that happened in movies a lot Mm -hmm. especially around this time yeah and maybe i don't know if that was like the 80s like way of being like don't don't be a fucking hippie be a fucking (laughs) capitalist like the rest of us yeah you know what i never thought of it like that that's exactly what it is yeah because kenneth does clean up his act in a good way but he very much becomes a yuppie type yeah yeah totally yeah just all of a sudden and it's very in line with like eighties rampant mm-hmm. greed is capitalism. good, etc. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, economy on the eternal rise. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes, though, is from one of Kenny's friends. Yo, park it yourself, Metallica breath. <laughs> what? <laughs> when Duchovny and his sister roll up to the big party, 
Uh, they're the only people treated like shit, which I love. Uh, and, and, <laughs> they just know. <laughs> they just know. Yeah, they just know uh, that they're bad people. Oh yeah, it's pouring off them like a like a cheap perfume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they get their car sha- like covered in shaving cream. Nice. Yeah, it's perfect. Just these little touches. Who yeah. calls who Metallica? Bro? One of the burnout friends of Kenny. Uh, says it to the coven. He's like, "Hey, you want to park this for us?" And he's like, "I'm on my break. Park it yourself, Metallica breath." What does that even mean? I don't know. You would think that that would be a compliment, given the uh, the the boys' love for Metallica. Yeah, wouldn't Metallica breath? You got me. I don't that know. Doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's another quote. Another moment with one of Kenny's friends where you get the casual misogyny and uh, sexual harassment that Swell gets to deal with. I love that her name, her nickname is Swell. 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 Have my baby. In your dreams, babe. Oh, my God. Have my baby? (laughs) I'm surprised it didn't work with her. You don't hear that one anymore because, like, the the guys don't want to, like, support a child. (laughs) That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't hear that one so much anymore. No. Although maybe, well, I was going to say, you know, with the whole get bread thing, maybe people could start using that. You know, so prick up yours, everyone. Yeah. Got some suggestions for you. Yeah. After you pick up uh, Cock Dog, you can, um, you know, we got to get back to the babysitter because she had some amazing moments. Yeah. This might be my favorite. Time for little boys <laughs> to be in bed. <laughs> Can't you see him in the middle of a date? Now, in the uh, soon to be coming to a stage somewhere, hopefully, production of Peach's Christ version, who would be playing the babysitter? Oh, let's cast this production now. So it's just an easy one, two, three punch to get it on stage. I don't know. I want it to be somebody really old. Mm -hmm. So like just be maybe like Lady Bunny would be amazing. That'd be great. Yeah. I'm not saying she's really old, but it would be really (laughs) satisfying. She can play old. Yeah, yeah, to see her just in like a really giant gray wig <laughs> and just like giant Coke bottle glasses. Orthopedic shoes. It's time for little whores <laughs> to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you cast in the in the rest of the roles? Um, I think I've aged out of Sue Ellen because uh, uh, I originally wanted to be her, but I don't know. I, I kind of... I kind of would like to like bounce around and play like multiple roles. Sure. Like um Gus. Gus <laughs> would be so much fun. Like <laughs> Carolyn would be so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose Lindsay would be amazing. Also the mom. The mom would be pretty good. I I love that the mom is just completely not unfazed, but it's like she doesn't even really see what's going on. She's like, "What? Are you having a party? I told you, no goddamn parties." I'm going to Australia, and I'm coming back dressed like an outback <laughs> frontiers person because that's what we do when we go to Australia. That is what we, we do. We come yeah. back dressed like fucking crocodile Dundee <laughs> with like a fucking boomerang. And, and she comes home early, which begs the question: Did things not go well with her boyfriend? I am never trusting you again. I specifically said no parties. You weren't supposed to come home till next week. Sorry to have messed up your plans. Who are these people? Mom, calm down. I will not calm down. Walter. What happened to Walter? He had a little accident, but everything is taken care of. I have excellent medical coverage. And we will clean up the party, okay? But come on, Mom. You've had a long flight, and you're cranky. <laughs> I have had a very rough night. 
So why don't you just go upstairs and take a nap, and tomorrow morning Kenny will whip up a batch of Belgian waffles, and we'll sit down and discuss this like adults, all right? Fine. Kenny, Zach, why don't you guys go wrap up a party, okay? Okay. And Melissa, why don't you help Walter with that? All right, Mommy. I mean, well. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mom. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Kenny? But you were my mother. What did you do to yourself? We'll talk about it in the morning, Mom. I like this. But for now, why don't you just go to your room? <laughs> the inversion. <laughs> yeah, the, the roles are constantly shifting in the movie, too. Yeah. Like Kenneth and, uh, or at the time, Kenny and Swell have that long argument about like they're married yeah yeah so yeah. bizarre it's so weird for ostensibly a children's film to have yeah. this stuff in it it's really not a children's film it's uh dark on the level of heathers yeah totally yeah yeah elsa writes hey gregory and lasky uh can't wait for another iteration of hot dog club my favorite club ever well thank you elsa and thank you it's for being part of it dog club, I believe, <laughs> but, okay. that's right forgive me forgive me yeah. it's, i'm still learning some things <laughs> uh elsa goes on to say so this movie was really fun and naturally i have lots of questions for you guys well that's what we like right mm-hmm. do you guys agree that this movie would probably be completely shitty without christina applegate yes it would be okay christina applegate is a treasure and an icon this is true i uh, love her i loved her on married with children mm-hmm. did you ever watch her show i think it was called christina no, and I haven't seen the new one um, about something about dead or like. Oh uh, right, right. She plays a me. widow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I that haven't looks seen great that. though. The trailer. She looks incredible in it. She's an incredible actor, and she takes these roles that could be really just like dimensionless and kind of mm-hmm. and and gives them uh gives them like depth yeah she gives them the full body treatment yeah she's fantastic and i don't think the movie would be shit without her you know if they went with their original casting choice justine bateman i don't think the film would have been much of anything is that a joke Are you making... no I, who is that very serious she was the uh mallory on family ties you may know a film called satisfaction where there's a girl band playing at uh <laughs> have you ever seen this no i have to look up justine bateman oh yeah now she later was on arrested development because she's the sister of jason bateman she was out of the uh, acting game for a little while but then was on that she was in um what else? She was in a couple other things, but the main, her main big movie, which was a huge flop, was called Satisfaction, about this girl band that plays uh, song, like Elvis Costello songs and bad Rolling Stones covers, also starring Julia Roberts on bass. Oh, where? oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. It does, yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. I think you'd enjoy it. I recognize her. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it would have been the same movie whatsoever with her in it. No, I agree. I, Yeah. I I mean Christina Applegate is a star and there's a reason that she went on to do so many things since. True. I also can't see anyone else really playing the Joanna Cassidy role. Rose Lindsay? Yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine. It's so <laughs> iconic. Yeah. Christina Applegate made the leap from TV to film. She's yeah. been in major films. Major major films, yeah. She was in Anchorman. That's right, she was. Oh, and you know how the script got to her? So uh, one of the um, people at the company that owned the script was friends with Ed O'Neill from Married with Children. Mm-hmm. And so they went and visited him on the set. And they were like, I think this would be good for her. And he was like, yeah, I'll get it to her. This movie? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Uh, Stuff never happens like that. Well, you know, she's amazing. She is. Yeah. And Ed knew it. And also all the rest of the cast, including Joanna Cassidy, uh, spoke at length about how professional 
and fantastic she was to work with. Yeah. She had some quote about, um, listen, there's grips and crew members that have been there four hours before you even get onto the set. That's so, the truth. Yeah, respect their hard work and get their own time and don't complain. Yeah. Oh, I like that attitude. That makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, it was like her first big film, right? Oh, yeah, it was. Absolutely. Keith Coogan had been in a couple of things, like Inve- Adventures of Babysitting. Right. We're talking about a problematic movie. <laughs> I haven't watched it in years. Oh, Oh, rewatch the uh, blues club scene sometime. Oh God! Yeah, I don't. Okay, I'm scared. <laughs> justifiably, yeah, justifiably. Still, and that's set in Chicago, home to all John Hughes films, which are right. very yeah. Pl- problematic. Yeah, another blues club scene in mm. Weird Science. That's a gem. We talked about that in a previous episode. But moving on to some more of Elsa's questions, could the role of Bruce be one of the few roles where David Duchovny plays a total douchebag? I think so. I don't know of any other films where he plays such an unlikable character, but I don't know if I've seen his entire collected works. Yeah. Were you an X-Files fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved the X-Files when it was on. Great show. Yeah. And lately you've uh, been watching another show from that era, Friends. Yeah. Yeah. You've just finished the whole series. I did. I find it... my duty to consume entire uh, series of iconic sitcoms. Sure, yeah. So Friends was the next one, and I just finished it like a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's watchable. Mm -hmm. It was worth the trip. It was, and it's, it's such a cultural phenomenon. So like having consumed it, I feel like I understand it a little bit more. Sure. And really like the actors having gone through it. Can you fucking imagine being in the same character for 10 years? And it's the biggest show in the world. Right. And everybody knows it and knows you as that character. Right. Where do you go from literally there? Well, it's interesting the paths all of them took. Now, the guy who plays Joey, Matt LeBlanc, is Mm -hmm. that right? Then had a spinoff called Joey. And it didn't work. Did not work. I saw mm-hmm. one episode of it. Dreadful. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Kudrow, of course, went on to. Well, I guess she did Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion in the middle of Friends, I think. Oh, and, okay. But that was her first movie, big yeah. movie, or big role outside of Friends. And then David Schwimmer, I don't remember. He was on a couple things. But the, who was. Well, I was going to say Lisa Kudrow, The Comeback, which is one of the greatest things ever. Yes. Yeah. And Aniston was in a couple good movies but I can't remember. And she still is. Yeah, no, definitely. And she's currently in The Morning Show, which is amazing. I've heard amazing things about that, and I have not seen it. It's really good. And there's a lot of like stuff that her character is dealing with that is referencing her life as post-friends, like having to deal with that. I love stuff guy. like that, where it's yeah. kind of not like a version of themselves, but... They factor that into the character. Yeah. Because she was really treated unfairly with the whole like Brad Pitt thing. And in the book about Friends, oh, this is like the deepest Friends tangent. No, right but that's now. great. Well, I mean, it would either be that or a Murder, She Wrote tangent. Okay. So, well, great. Yeah. Which we'll get into in a little bit. There's this book called Generation Friends, mm-hmm. and it just came out because it's the 20 year anniversary. And they talk about how America was like pissed at Jennifer Aniston for not oh, living right. up to the fairy tale romance of Rachel. Oh, right. Because she ended up getting with Ross, and yeah. she like had a baby, and like everyone knew her as that. So when she's like trying to live her real life, <laughs> they're like, 
oh, well, she fucking sucks. She can't fucking do it. So the press was so mean to her. Right, yeah. So unfairly. Savage, yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think that the morning show is like a little bit addressing that mm. and like good for her. Now, I know you love the Golden Girls. Have you ever seen Do. Golden Palace? Did. How, what is your take on Golden Palace? For those of you who don't know, the Golden Palace was a follow-up series. I think it lasted one year, and it was without B. Arthur, but the rest of the cast was on it, right? Yeah. it's. It was just the, the magic was over, and... And Cheech Marin was in. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who's amazing, and Don Cheadle is like sure. an outstanding actor. But it was just the magic was over, and even like the network, they, they was like, no, we don't want this. So they had to switch networks. What? Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah, they switched networks for Golden Palace. <sighs> but like the, I don't blame the women because God, they no. were like, they were like the fans love us, and we yeah. love doing it. Why the fuck are we going to stop? We might as well do it more. Yeah, no, that makes sense. B. Arthur was like, no, I want out and I want to go out on a high note. Mm -hmm. And if you remove that key element, it just sort of shifted things around and it didn't really it didn't really work. Yeah, that makes sense. Because also it was a new location, too, because they took over a hotel or something. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So much stuff. And it. It doesn't really work. It's it's watchable and you can find it out there. I think a lot of it's on YouTube. Okay, I have I know I have the complete series on a bootleg disc, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I have yeah. that for a while. <laughs> if you go back and watch the episode with where Dorothy comes to visit, it's like a two episode. Oh, okay. I didn't that's realize... worth watching. Okay, that sounds like a good starting point. And then I could see whether or not I want to dive in. Yeah. To the rest of it. Maybe I'll take it on a flight when I'm going to England or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. a good flight watch right yeah yeah it's worth seeing what are your watching habits on flights i usually watch the thing that's in the screens whatever it is oh so you actually just watch the tv in front of you instead of bringing your own television i don't bring my own yeah i like it as a as a challenge because it pushes me to watch things i don't normally i would normally never watch that's a really good point yeah i did that recently with the that um not that i'm opposed to the film but the Charlize theron seth rogan movie a long shot. Yeah, I watched that on a plane too. It's a great it plane movie. It's yeah. a great plane movie. Yeah. In that movie, they're in Manila and they get bombed. Oh, right. And I was flying to Manila. Oh. <laughs> so so maybe. Like, oh, cool. Love it. Great. Terrific. Terrific. Great. Which looks would you deem to be safe, winter land in the bottom of the fashion show? My pick for the win <laughs> would probably be the emerald green pinstripe suit with the gold chain detail paired with the pink stuffed animal. I know we have to look these up. I mean, I just watched it. Watch it. Ladies and gentlemen, General Carol West proudly presents the teenage fashion wave of the future. Great music throughout the film, too. Yeah. Tess, Marcy, and Donna are wearing bellhop uniforms in fuchsia, purple, and teal hand airbrush slub silk with matching caps. Not hand airbrush. The and cuff detailing are antique gold lace. The jackets in varying lengths are matched with either sporty black trousers or sleek miniskirts. As you can see, the basic General Apparel West uniform has been modified and accessorized to create a fun and sexy look for the teenage girl. <laughs> Nicole is wearing a form-fitting nurse's uniform with mini hemline. Nicole, her dance move, the oh, little scooting yeah. of the feet, <laughs> side to side, hand airbrush on fuchsia That's spandex. iconic. 
Her pink high top sneakers are laced up her tangerine. Also, tank. Gus leering at her. And of course, no nurse would be complete without her stethoscope. Gross. The bellhops are turning it. Katrina, our chef, is really cooking. Thank you, Katrina. <laughs> and Katrina's face. <laughs> Katrina is not dressed like a chef. She is dressed like a jester. She actually is. So that. Thank you, Katrina, is on a shirt. I think there's some new fashion in our future. Yeah. I, uh, it's all completely ridiculous. It's all bananas. So who are you selling this to, Swell? The buyers who are perhaps making these for industrial uniforms. <laughs> So, <laughs> but also aimed at teenagers. So I'm not sure what exactly they're after there. But uh, listen, it's working for her. It's working for Rose. Bellhops? Bellhops. I want to see a hotel where the bellhops are all teenage girls. <laughs> Me too. Wearing these outfits. And dancing. I'm here for it. Yeah, I am too. It's the wave of the future. I guess it's... It doesn't... It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> The rest of the film does, though. So that's yes. it. That's the one problem. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for the from a business standpoint because these are unwearable. Like it's great yeah. fashion. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, you'd love to see it at a club. Yeah, it's inspiring. It's couture, but they're feasibly trying to sell to buyers who are buying like mass quantities of these to that's dress right. cock like, dog employees, etc. Yeah, yeah, like workers. Yeah. Uh, so I think top two to the week goes to Brian in the corn dog outfit and the wedge paper wedge cap because it's the most practical outfit. That's right. Yep, practical, yeah. and you can wear it at anything. Yeah. yeah. And thank you, Katrina. <laughs> thank you, Katrina. Apparently, in the original draft, Swell kills Rose's cat. Oh, that's sad. It is, and the babysitter was a nice old lady who just drops dead. So the studio made a lot of suggestions that they made without her into which a fucking evil yes, bitch. which is that's what they have to be because otherwise you'd feel bad for the lady. Yeah. Instead of thinking, oh, thank God she dropped dead. Yeah. And the killing of the cat makes sense. They'd remove that because does. You'd really turn on Suell. Yes, you like, really this, would. This person is out of control. <laughs> She's a monster. Yeah. She's a sociopathic monster. Yeah. Yeah. Kel Adams writes, in one of the many, many, many montages in this movie, Swell is flipping through some magazine cutoffs, and one says, the secret of smooth shoulders. How were they rough or dry in the first place? I'm beginning to think it's related dryness from those huge shoulder pads. Those buggers can really wick away a woman's soul. On the upside, I guess, and to quote Katya, why do we do it? Power. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kel. Oh, and then Kel writes, any thoughts on that? I don't know if we could sum anything up better than that. I thought smooth shoulder, when I when you first read that, I thought it was like shaving, for shaving your shoulder. It must be, like, yeah, or like maybe a Nair type product. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, right? Because you have to have smooth shoulders if you're going to wear an outfit like Swells. It, well, you don't have to, but you can. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I shouldn't be body shaming in any way. You're right. Follicle shaming. Jesse Rosen writes, Good day, Gregory and Lasky. Love this movie. My questions are, if you could be any character, who would you want to play? I personally would go with either Sue Ellen or one of the queens, of course. Yeah. I. There are so many. I don't right. know. Like I'm, we discussed before, you, it's hard to Carolyn. I think I could see, yeah. sink my teeth into <laughs> Carolyn. I think I'd like to... Well, you know one we hadn't thought of? The guy who runs the cock dog establishment. The guy who's like, smile while you touch the meat or whatever. Oh, yeah. Is he kind of 
grow? Like, is he kind of creepy to her? He is creepy to her because he's really... You know what? Actually, he represents another aspect of creepy masculinity, toxic masculinity. He's always telling the girl to smile. Ugh! Right? This movie's ahead of its time. It really is. It really is. Ladies, get into this movie. Of course, if you're listening to this, you probably already have. But take our word. Take our heed. Take yeah. our word, uh, take heed to our word, yeah. and, and go for it. But yeah, really, it really presents a lot of grotesque things about a lot of guys. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. There's no gay characters in the film except for the drag queens, which I'm presuming well, to be and, gay, and the guy who works in the fabric room. Well, you're right. That's right. I was drawing a blank. Franklin. That's right. Yeah, and he's a very sweet. Pres- we presume. We presume. We're know, doing a lot not. of pre- presumption here. There's so many presumptions. So many. Uh, and then the other question is non-movie related, but still important. Where did the 5,000 in Alaska's name come from? Was it PB5K? What's PB5K? Do you know? PB5K, yes. I mean, the 5,000 came from my drag daughter. I worked at Circus of Books in West Hollywood. She worked at Love Connection, which is the sex store right next to the Circus of right, Books. Right, right. So we would like have smoke breaks together and yeah. like we became friends. Yeah. And she wanted to start doing drag. So I put her in drag and like we would do shows together. And she needed a name. And so I called her Petunia Bonaparte 5000 <laughs> just because I thought it sounded cool and we were stoned and like. It's very her. Yeah. And I was like, I'm jealous of 5,000 on your name, so I'm going to add it to my name. So that was the moment when Petunia Bonaparte 5,000 was born, then Alaska Thunderfuck 5,000. What was the origin of the Thunderfuck? Marijuana. That's right. Alaskan Thunderfuck is a type of weed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like many things, I've, I stole it. Do you still smoke? Sometimes, yeah. What uh, strain do you like? Um, I like sativas. Yeah. Any kind of sativa is fun. Yeah. But Alaskan Thunderfuck is actually really good. Uh-huh. I recommend it. And it's an outdoor weed because it's too wild and rough to grow indoors. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned that. <laughs> and then Jesse closes out by saying, thanks and deep friend of both of your pods. Well, thank you so oh, much, nice. Jess. That's lovely. Well Lydia Languish writes, Hi, Craig in Alaska. First time seeing this film. It was okay, but it would have been great with a bit more Weekend of Bernie-style hijinks with the dead babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) The clothing in the film was fire. Is there any clothing from the late 80s slash early 90s that you would like to see make a comeback? Oh, jeez. From that era? I mean... Not really. Yeah. No, I want to lay it all to rest. Yeah, it reminds me of actually a Volvo slogan, or a parody slogan for it on SNL. Boxy but good. Boxy but good. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, isn't that from that movie? Boxy but cute. Uh, maybe it was in something else, but remember there was a fake SNL ad for Volvos, and it said like oh, Volvo, boxy but good. Let's look it up. Let's look I it up. thought it was from, and I thought boxy but cute is from a movie, and I can't remember. It was like called Funny People or or Crazy People or something, and he works Crazy at, People. He works at an ad campaign. Oh wait, guess and, what? Here we go. Buy Volvos. They're boxy, but they're good. <laughs> oh, I thought this was SNL. Sexy, this is not a smart time to be sexy anyway, with so many new diseases around. Be safe instead of sexy. Right. Volvo. Boxy, but good. 
Are you crazy? Wow, I didn't realize it was from that. So thank you for correcting me. The movie is fucking problematic. Like even, really? Even bringing it up. It's called Crazy People, and it's about a guy who basically like go like goes insane, and he works at an ad company. And I don't know what the <laughs> what the premise of the movie is. I don't remember. Yeah, but. He just sort of like goes off the rails and starts submitting these ads that are like really honest yeah. and like actually hilarious now. Right. But yeah. like, they, but they just think he's insane. Right. But then let me guess the ads catch on. I don't remember how the movie yeah. goes. Yeah. Hot Dog Club or Cock Dog Club. If you remember, write in, let us know for Boxy, our next one. But good. Boxy, but good. Ah. Wow. <laughs> um, and there's a great David Bowie quote about the fashions of the 80s that I've read in an interview and it was like 1988 when he said this yeah. they said do you have any like closing thoughts on the fashion of the 80s and he said yeah the big shoulder pads they're the flared trousers of the 80s and I thought that's really brilliant it's very true and very accurate Kristen H writes loved this I'd never seen this before and thought it was so great the many montages were Mwah. do you have a favorite montage I mean from this movie but if you have like an all-time favorite montage among montages let me know definitely curious about that too I'm personally partial to the one where swell is trying on interview outfits because nothing compares to a great closet montage and I want her black suit with the red blouse that had the giant oh, bow yeah she's like putting on her mom's clothes and like tries mm-hmm. out outfits that's good it's really good and it's funny how those seem to hang on her so bizarrely and then i'm trying to imagine the mom in some of those outfits and <laughs> trying to imagine if she actually wore those but then you see her trying that pink number that you see at the beginning of the movie that one like looks okay yeah completely she's she's sort of an example of like style i mean she's a styling icon and yes she's like i have to look like i can pass in this office like setting yeah yeah so she's basically doing drag she's like right i have to pass myself off as something that i'm not executive realness yeah yeah and she executes it very well she does and i like how they set that up in the movie too because you're told in a very subtle way that she knows how to do this stuff yeah so then later when she's picking through the stuff in franklin's area it's oh yeah that's right she knows how to do this stuff things off racks yeah this with this oh and and, (gasps) and that and then from all that she gets the pink (laughs) What is it? I can't even remember. The bellhop outfit or the uh, jester oh outfit. God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Katrina. <laughs> I wish that there was a scene of Franklin stitching that stuff together. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> You've lost your mind, Suellen. <laughs> this is too crazy. Fuchsia? Hairbrushing? Oh, and he'd be kind of like mildly sweating and everything. Yeah. yeah. I guess, yeah, that would be my favorite montage as well. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. And also the montage music, which is this haunted, almost like, it actually it reminds me of the music from that movie, After Hours. Did you ever see that? Mm-mm. Oh, I think you'd like it. It's uh, like 24 Hours in New York. Griffin Dunn is the lead in it. Scorsese made a real low-budget movie when he couldn't get anything else made in like 83, 84. And this was it. Tons of cameos. Rosanna Arquette. It's very, mm-hmm. very like underground New York. He, he loses his keys in his wallet and he's just going through the East Village trying to like make his way through. A mob comes after him. It's really, really oh, good. Wow, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Kristen adds, if you were to design a uniform, who and what job would you want it to design for? Uh, I didn't say that right, but you get what I mean. What would it look like? I feel like NASA's spacewalk uniforms need an update. So bulky. No one needs shoulder pads for their whole entire outfit. 
I guess they could do a sort of a slimline NASA outfit, especially with the materials available these days. I love that. It would be like neon green, (laughs) but also with like a polka dot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, what color polka dot you think? White with like navy blue for sure. That would pair wonderfully with a neon green. Yeah. Yeah. Supermarket uniforms could do with a little uh, reimagining, right? Because they're so always sort of drab and they make them wear aprons, which I don't know what they need the aprons for. Put a peplum on the apron. (laughs) Done. Yeah. Done. Walmart greeter. Uh Uh-huh. Shoulder padded. (laughs) Heavily shoulder padded. Extremely shoulder padded. Almost like unwalkable in it, right? Because all they have to do is gesture. Welcome. And only the lower half of the arm goes up. What color do you think the Walmart outfit should be? Well, you want to stick with the signature blue. But, uh, uh, but the accessories. It's Sue Ellen, so yeah, I don't know. Right, right, exactly. Some kind Leon of uh, chartreuse. <laughs> Certainly, with some kind of wild piping. Yeah. <laughs> Holly G writes, oh, wait, and uh, Kristen adds at the end, final thought, Elvis was criminally underused. True, but the kids got him stoned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Elvis was yeah. Uh, in some other films, too. Wait. The dog who played Elvis also appeared in the Gina Davis film, The Accidental Tourist. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. And, and oh, yeah, growing up, my best friend who lived down the street, his family dog is named Elvis. That's a cute dog name. Yeah, it's really cute. Elvis is also the name of the pet alligator Sonny Crockett has in Miami Vice. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Did you ever get into Miami Vice? Not really. I'm aware of it. If you ever want to jump into it, start with an episode from like season two and okay. you might like it. Season one's a little dicey at the beginning. It's one of my favorite shows because uh, I think yeah. of how much it influenced like even shows like The Sopranos with the use of music and the looks yeah. are amazing. Interesting casting note. Melissa was originally going to be played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Melissa. The little kid, the, the sort <gasps> of slightly butch lady, the uh, tough tomboy gal. Who also oh, really? Here's the other thing. The babysitter totally forces her to dress like a little like princess. At the beginning. Mm-mm. <laughs> Get that binary shit that's, out of here. That's right. Babies that are. Yeah. That's no wonder she kicked over the chore board. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she was going to be in it. She was cast, but then Disney wouldn't let her out of her contract for Kids Incorporated. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> Casey Scott writes, hi, Craig in Alaska. I'm really curious about the most memorable example of a Carolyn you encountered in your professional lives. Were you ever able to make this person eat total shit like Swell does? Also, how weird is it that just a year before she appeared in this movie, Jane Brooke, the actress who played her, played a mother in an abusive household in Kindergarten oh Cop? God. That's pretty good, right? <gasps> oh, my God. Right? Remember her now in that? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> but I remember Kindergarten Cop. It's a great film. Yeah. It's quite good. I got to see it on the big screen recently. Well, about two years ago. At, uh, a A six-movie Arnold Schwarzenegger marathon at the New Beverly. Oh my gosh! Are you okay? Uh, I think so. I think I've I think I've recovered. Yeah, uh, it was quite good. Uh, it was from seven p.m. to seven a.m. Terminator. Oh yeah, that played at five a.m. I was so into it. Maybe That's four. Amazing. Oh, it was so great. And the fourth film was the one where it, always at their marathons. The fourth film is like the you're either in this to the end or this is when you're getting out. And what they, was the fourth? Red Sonia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That really drummed a couple people out. Right. But then you knew that the reward coming up was going to be good, and it was Terminator. Oh, my God. And then they closed out with um, Commando. Do they do these often? Yeah, they do. I love it. They do horror movie marathons where they don't tell you what you're going to see. Oh. A lot of fun. But yeah, I'll let you know the next time they're doing a marathon. Do they do Sandra Bullock night? Not yet, but they did Can do adult. Can I doll- curate Sandra Bullock <laughs> I think. Listen, I'll, let's get you in touch with them, because uh, I do mention them on the show so much. It's part of the drinking game. 
for yeah. the show. And so yeah, let me let me put you in touch with Phil. I think that would be quite fun. Please, I will advertise. Yes, I think that would be a wonderful little thing for She's a wide range of movies. Yeah, now we were almost going to do two movie clubs, but with your touring schedule being mm-hmm. what it is, we weren't really able to do that. Yeah. But uh, hopefully in the future we'll do a Sandy Bullock film and the one that you would select would be The Net. The Net. Yeah. Now, I've never seen that, but you love it. She invented the modern age of internet. People don't often give her credit for that, you know. Yeah. Listen, but sometimes when women are too accomplished, they got to knock her down a peg. That's tea. Mm-hmm. L. Pop has a question for you about Sandy Bullock. Alaska, how come you love Sandy Bullock so much? Actually, she wrote Sandra. What's your favorite movie of hers? Practical Magic, Speed 2, All the Best from L. P.S. Fingers crossed for a music video for Cellulite. Okay. Um. Well, uh, favorite movie probably speed is where i fell in love with her okay sure that movie's fucking that movie's scary i have to see it again i haven't seen it in such a long time that it's very foggy in my memory it's really good keanu is exquisite and their chemistry is amazing Mm -hmm. i also love her in demolition man oh i've never seen that it's a really like funny and beautiful rendition of like the future, like okay. what they think the future will look like. I always love that. Yeah. Um yeah, so those two. Those two? And do you the have the net, any... please? The net. Well, sure. We'll do that sometime. That'll be fun. Yeah, uh, you'll turn me on to another great film like you did with this. Yeah. Now, are there any Sandy Bullock films that you don't like? No. There you go. That's the power of a fabulous actress and um, internet scientist. I'd watch anything with Miss Bullock in it. <laughs> now, is she an actress that you get into watching her on like Oprah and stuff like that? You like watching her interviews? Not really. It's the film work that speaks for itself. Do you have any actresses like that? Icons that you'd love to watch their interviews or talk show appearances? Oh, I love anything Lady Gaga's been on. I know I know the interviews as well as I know the songs. I love She's that. She's that kind of icon yeah i'm a gaga fan like that as well yeah so it's nice to chat with one um i also hate that thing where people love to say like i don't really like lady gaga and then i don't want to talk to them it's an annoying thing to bring up yeah like how can like okay i don't like if you don't don't. dig her just don't like bring it up don't make it a thing like i don't try to find something you like and mention that i don't like it yeah you know Steph Cooper writes, glad to hear you're doing well, Craig. Well, thank you very much. I have to thank everyone for their care and concern for me in these troubled times. Uh, my question is for both of you. Who would play you in a movie about your life, and what would it be called? Sandra Bullock would play me. And, uh, <laughs> See, I didn't know if it would be her or Stephanie Germanata. No, uh, Sandra Bullock would play me, and it would be called Anything as Possible. For me, so Eddie Murphy, and it would be called... No, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Who would play me? Here, help me out with this one. Who would play me in a film? Um, uh, You already got Sandy Bullock, so I need assistance. Um, Paul Rudd. Oh, well, okay. That's yeah. that's good. And what would you call the movie? I know I'm letting the questioner down. Whimsically Volatile. Ah, that's perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Rudd in Whimsically Volatile. Tonight is. at nine. There it is. Thank you for your help on that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Sylvia Sipple writes, following my usual smoke up and watch movie club ritual, here are my impressions. And Sylvia hasn't seen this before and has quite a few thoughts. All these okay. teens driving around in open vehicles bring on the head trauma. Oh my gosh. Why does every car leave this property backwards and at speed? That's a very good question. That's a very good until the end when everything's sorted out, I think Rose drives away in her car that has heart shaped headrests. Wow, she's a fashion icon. Icon. Absolutely, yeah. right. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't uh, take off like wildfire after the film came out 
The first time you really get to hear this babysitter speak. I was an art teacher for five years, and I think this is how some of my kids remember me. Down to the fucking aardvark. Except more the kind of old lady babysitter who lives in the old brother's heavy metal bedroom. And dresses like the little girl post-old lady makeover. My thoughts, they hurt. She goes on to say, I feel simultaneously here and not here for this soundtrack. Let's get into the soundtrack. What do you think of it? It's been, I didn't. I I should have uh, studied better. Well, you watched the movie like upwards of 400 times, right? I did. And I don't remember really, I don't remember the music really. It was never like a conspicuous thing. Well, let's get into some of the soundtrack. So the fashion Please. show uh, music is by Army of Lovers, a song called Viva La Vogue. I mean, that's good. That's, that's great. Quite good. It's quite good. Some of the other tracks are a little eh in the movie. But, like, are there weird music moments where the music is, like... Important? Or, like, this is part of the plot, because they're like, we have to play a fashion show song. Yeah. But, like... I remember... I, I mean, the only musical thing I really remember is, like... Um, when she walks into the teenage boy's room, when the dress, when the babysitter walks in, oh right, and it's like when there's like posters of naked women. That's right, yeah. Which is also kind of like kind of risque, given that it's a children's film, and basically it's a nude woman with just her nipples covered. Yeah, this yeah. ain't no children's. Movie. This is not a children's movie, no. Yeah. And I thought of another thing that the movie talks about is uh, the terrible relationship a lot of women have with other women, Carolyn. Is just like that bitch. I want to kill her. Like the yeah. you know, I don't know of how many other supportive women we see in the movie besides Rose and Swell. Well, right. the mom, I guess. But right, Rose and Swell are. I mean, but even Rose is sort of like. Well, I'm supposed to give the job to Carolyn, but I can't stand That's her. true. That's true. Yeah. It's like maybe Carolyn... I don't know. If it's Carolyn's job, then like... Sorry. It's her turn. Yeah. Well, I know, but she's promotion. such a hatchet, though. You can see how she wouldn't want to work with her. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, she... she make, I was going to say paints her own bed and makes it, right? That, yeah, that, that, she, that, did, that, she painted yeah. her own bed. <laughs> Here's some other songs from the movie, and I don't know if I'll recognize these. This is like one of the, one really of the love scenes. Romantic, or, yeah. Yeah. Watching I like, the Grunion run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did like how they handled the romance, though. I thought it was yeah. really sweet and also very realistic in the way of... Uh, well, this bit here, where they talk about the first uh, kiss... Yeah, I don't think I'd ever be listening to this in <laughs> any other city. Yeah, no. Um, but maybe we just turned someone on to their very favorite song. Yeah. Connected devices, as you heard in that clip. There it is. Uh, <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, this is always... Uh... Yeah. I hate this part. I mean, I like this part. That's but... a classic song. It oh, is. God. No, it's okay. Come here. But like a strange cover. It is. I ruined it. Because I talked about it. You know, when you talk, you ruin it. You can't talk and that's just not. And I only have did he go on to do other things? He did, actor? yeah. I think he had just done Dead Poet Society. His name's Josh Charles. Yeah. And then he's been in a whole bunch of stuff since then yeah yeah i can't remember what they are but i know i looked it up yeah he yeah. has a recognizable like face he definitely sure. does yeah 
And I'm not sure about the rest of the cast. Well, Keith Coogan was in a bunch of things. And then, I don't know, the kids, you can never tell where where child actors go. And we mentioned Zach's untimely passing. And then David Duchovny, I think, went right off the map after that. This was his one big thing. And then, oh, we were talking about montage music. And here's a little bit of that. Oh my gosh, I have to save the fashion company. (laughs) This look goes with that look, I think. pulling things off of racks. I'm coloring in pictures in the magazine. I got to get Franklin over here. He's going to see what I mean. I'm pulling an (laughs) all-nighter. I have to, guys. I have to. It's very strange music. Very strange. It it sounds almost like music from that movie Wall Street. Or something like that, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A couple other tastes of uh, things. Something called What She Don't Know by an artist called Flame. Don't know where this was. Probably in a tense moment where she's realizing the kids ripped her off with all the money. Yeah. Very 90s. Yeah. Very 90s. In that weird uh, transitional phase between the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, like it's fake rock. Yeah. Ooh, it's very fake. Tonight on America's Funniest People. And then yeah. there's this song. Oof. It's my modern English, the people who wrote I Melt With You. You can tell it's going to be bad. Oh, it's not terrible. No, it's better than I thought it would be. If you just heard the soundtrack, you'd be like, oh, this is for that show 30-something. Yeah, you can totally tell it's of that time period. Definitely. For sure. And it seems like a much more dramatic film if you just go by the music. Yeah. This song was my favorite song in the film because I was so surprised they used it. Give me some money from This Is Spinal Tap. Oh, wow. Isn't that cute that they used that for the petty cash stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Just a box full of money to take. I mean, it's how much money is in there? It's like I guess there was a fucking lot for petty cash. I thought petty cash was like enough to buy lunch. Yeah, exactly for like two or three people, and then you just get reimbursed later. (laughs) But no, you can cash personal checks. Just cash your paycheck out of petty cash. (laughs) Whoa, diva, work. I know. Well, well, you know, with the crazy hours we work. (laughs) Really. So I guess we're similar in that. We're here and not here for the soundtrack. Like, it works perfectly well in the film, but uh, yeah. I don't know if I'd go out and buy the album. No, it's not like that. I need to have the soundtrack. No, and there's another thing. cover in the film, the song Dragging the Line. There's a strange new version of it. Oh, is, that's great. Yeah, I love that song. She also says, I want to live inside this job interview makeover sequence. Watching Sue Ellen's first day yeah. of work, I'm fairly sure this is not how any of these pieces of technology work. Fair. Um... I don't want to judge nobody, but that is one room I couldn't walk into just wearing a towel. So after a long, hard day in the salt mine, Swell is trying to relax, a little bath. She has to deal with this bullshit. <laughs> and this is when they're smoking weed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or PCP. <laughs> I like your PCP theory. It worked. I have been working. I've had a very rough day. Could you turn the music down? It's down, cave lady. Kenny, <laughs> hey, why don't you lady. save your last three brain cells? I mean, what if you need them? I won't. 
poor stone dog. That's right. <laughs> You'll never need them because there's always going to be some jerk around stupid enough to take care of you. What is your problem? Yeah. You couldn't even mow the lawn today. You're worthless. I am doing everything and I'm trying to get ready for a date. When are you going to start helping me, <laughs> you I think that was an overdubbing. I think City Punk <laughs> was prick. This is oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then this is totally an overdub when uh, Kenny responds to her. PMS City Man. <laughs> like that is so ADR. That was. I don't even think that's Keith Coogan. I love that when you hear it and you're like, that's not the actor. PMS City. That is not progressive. Not progressive uh, at all. I don't no. appreciate that, <laughs> Kenneth. Thank you very much. The dishes are done, man. <laughs> <laughs> also, in terms of more toxic masculinity stuff, we even see it in Zach because he's uh, just spending frivolously trying to win the affections of the girls with the uh, diamonds. Stealing money to buy. Okay. Yeah. Very 80s. Very 80s. And every, yeah, you're right. That is rampant credit. Yeah. <laughs> endless, endless, endless yeah. credit. And everyone has an addiction. Uh, little, uh, what's his name with the TV? Yes. Uh, uh-huh. The PCP, as we discussed earlier, <laughs> the, the rampant gift giving uh-huh. and stealing, the theft. Yes. Yeah. And then Melissa's just a hard bitten thief. I think she even suggests cutting the head off of the babysitter. <laughs> earlier when they're trying to fit her in I the like box her. and she's great uh she'd be a good gal pal yeah i think sylvia also says the frantic scooping of the candies from the floor back into the jar before mashing them into her mouth and speaking in that voice well just wow the m&ms off the floor is an iconic film moment it is now would that make you more likely to play the rose Lindsay part on stage or less likely how are you with germy foods i i would not eat them off the floor but sure the like picking up the the they've spilled m&ms all over the place (laughs) the company is crumbling and going under and she's frantically trying to clean it up it's you could turn the volume off and you'd know what was going on exactly it's a great scene they telegraph everything with the eyes and hand motions yes 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 perpetua motion writes hi craig and i forget the guest name is it alabama thunder thighs mm-hmm. <laughs> what iconic drag queen movies would you like to be remade with starring roles i guess starring yourself or i'm not sure what the question is perpetua i appreciate it um but i guess what iconic drag queen movies would you like to have been remade and who would star in it we'll take it as that well, I kind of want to do the thing they did with, like, the Birdcage, or they did with Tuong Fu. Yeah. And, like, um, and cast, like, famous Hollywood actors. Sure, yeah. In the role of drag queens, mm-hmm. but, like, make it real, really realistic. Yeah, right. Tuong Fu was a very unrealistic representation of what it's like to be a drag queen, but could you imagine, like... I don't know, like Harry Styles. Or oh, somebody, sure, yeah. Or like, um, um, uh, the guy who played Black Panther. Yes, right. As like realistic, I don't know. I, like I would authentic like authentic drag. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see our our generation of drag, like the RuPaul's Drag Race phenomenon, yeah. with a movie starring really like a list actors. That'd be great. And what about like a mix of actual drag queens in the movie and those folks yeah. playing drag queens it'd be interesting too that's if there were some drag queens uh even some drag queens not playing drag characters i love that and i would be happy to do that yeah that's good yeah. so you're volunteering for that one i would be happy to be there <laughs> who would you want to direct 
I don't know, but somebody really good. Sandy Bullock. Uh, Sandy Bullock. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. They could do a joint project. That'd be fabulous. Yes. El Pomp, who had the uh, Sandra Bullock question, also asked, what's a movie that makes you cry without fail? Mm. I'd have to say One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Guaranteed to make me cry. At least okay. once, possibly twice. Yeah. Yeah. And also Hedwig. I will cry at least once, probably yeah. at ma- maybe three times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Steel Magnolias. Sure. What part do you cry at? I when they fucking come home and the baby's crying and this fucking stuff is boiling <laughs> over on the stove. Oh, oh yes. my Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's oh I. The beginning of that movie is so campy and gay. I wanted to show it to my friend Nick, so I was like, "Oh, you haven't seen this movie? You have to see it. It's like so gay and like iconic." Yeah, and we were not prepared for like. Oh, yeah, the second half of the movie is the saddest, <laughs> most grief-stricken film in cinema history. That's right, yeah. Uh, we were not prepared. We were sure. just like, oh, we thought we were watching like a girl movie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember crying during Beaches. I have to see that again. Oh, yeah, that'll get That's you. a good one. I have to show you my Beaches going. sweatshirt. I have well, like a, oh, yeah. It's like for the cast and crew. And oh, it, nice. Uh, yeah, it's really good. And uh, I'm trying to think of an unexpected one. I actually cried a, a little bit. I missed it up at the end of Dolomite Is My Name, the latest Eddie Murphy movie. Oh, okay. It's very moving. It's a true story right. about Rudy Ray Moore, the guy behind Dolomite. Basically, right. everyone told him no in his career, and he fought through and ended up making movies, not knowing a single thing about how to make movies, like love spending that. every last dime he had. It's great. I really recommend it. I love that. And Eddie Murphy's incredible in it. As problematic as I know some people will say he is, but I think he's apologized for it. Anyway, um, let's see if there's any other listener questions. We might be at the end of that. Oh, no, wait. There's another one that just came in from Holly Golden. Right under the wire. Right under the wire. You just made it. Mostly for Alaska, but also for Craig. So we'll just say for Alaska and Craig. If Netflix or Hulu or HBO, big fun cable networks, offered to create a dream vehicle for you where you can pick the genre of the show and the role you want to play, what would it be? I don't, I mean, I don't want to say. Right, exactly. Because someone could take it and make a shitty version of it. And then it'd be off the market. Because I want, yeah. So So the the head of a football team. Yeah, right. Becomes a fashion executive. Right. And then maintains both jobs at the same time. Yeah. While being 17 years old. While dressing up like a a housekeeper to a female housekeeper to keep custody of his children. (laughs) That. But as a series. As, yeah, a a gritty HBO series. Very gritty. Actually, Apple Plus. Oh, sure, right. That's the grittier place these days, isn't it? (laughs) I'm not sure it is. I think HBO is is. the grittiest. Yeah, I have to see The Deuce. I haven't seen that. Have you? No, I haven't watched that one yet. I love Maggie Gyllenhaal, and I love porn, so what's not to like? And James Franco, too. Although, apparently, he might be problematic as well. I don't know, so I will reserve comment on that. Uh, For me, I guess it would just be... uh, Well, see, the football execs out... Um, Sorry, I took it. Shit, I know. Still, you know what concept? That's well, what guess, happens in Hollywood. God damn it! I should have known. I should have known. I've been here five years. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you're a fellow East Coaster too, so I expected more. But uh, mm. really, it doesn't matter. Well, since that question was mostly for you, I will duck out of it. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. And then the Holly goes on to say, "Would you want to be in a drama set in 1970s New York and play a version of yourself as a Warhol superstar, for example?" Tell you what, I'll take that one because yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah, to I be. like that for you. That, Thank you very much. Yeah, I'd like. Yeah. A, I, then I take the wardrobe home with me. Yeah, for sure. And then as another question, what would be your dream movie or TV or theater role from a show that already exists? Some suggestions Holly has. Blanche Dubois, Lady Macbeth, Pee-wee and Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I don't know if I'd want to be Pee-wee in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I think that'd be kind of tough yeah. to sort of uh, live up to it. And imagine if that was reimagined with someone else playing Pee-wee. It's, yeah, it's kind of impossible. You kind of could uh You can't. Remake Pee-wee's Big Top because no one remembers it. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all I remember is Chris Christopherson is in it, and I didn't care for it very much. Right. As far as uh, any other role, like a Blanche Dubois or anyone like that, that you would uh, take on the role for a reimagining? Oh, jeez. Uh, Which is hard, because that's such an iconic uh, thing. Right. I mean, I think uh, Margot Channing would be really fun, or Eve Harrington in All About Eve. Oh, there you go. That'd be good. Those would be really great. Yeah. And that'd be a fun reboot. Another gritty series. Yeah. Possibly. Make a, that's the movie. Take a classic movie and make it into a 15-episode series. Right. So you can really explore all the side angles of the characters. Yeah. And backstories. Feud happened, but that happened. That was set after the All About Eve era. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it would really work. I think it would be amazing. Now, let's see if there's any other uh, questions. I think that might be all the questions from the kids. From the cock dog folks. Thank you, cock doggers. Yes, thank you very much, cock doggers. Yeah. Now, uh, before we wrap up and everything, I want to mention, of course, your recent live tapings of Race Chaser. Yes. Yeah. Sam and I just got back. The, very exciting. You did three of those in England. Is that right? We did four in the UK and Ireland. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was really fun. I mean, I like... Uh, getting to do a podcast and and having a room full of people who all sort of speak the same like it's it's bizarrely intimate sure doing a podcast you have the same sort of inside jokes <laughs> and running gags yeah and so to have everyone so specifically speaking the same language i i find that really gratifying yeah sure that's why the lady gaga shows are gratifying because we all know every word she said in print, in interview, every, right. every word of every song, every idiosyncratic thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I I like specific audiences. I do, too. And yeah. Do you ever cry at concerts? <laughs> yes! Yes, me, too. <laughs> me, too. I, the Gaga thing reminded me of that. So Definitely, much. yeah. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. It's one of my favorite things, actually. It's so yeah. much fun. And then I notice uh, if anyone is like, what's the matter in a disturbed way? I'm like, oh, you don't get a lot of things. There's a lot of things I, I can't explain to you that oh. you don't understand. Oh, and I yeah. never will be able to. Yeah. Always yeah. Ma- and it makes me suspicious of a person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's see if there's any other clips that we want to uh, check out. And you can't say because you can't see the list, I'm sure. I'm right on top of that row. Oh, that's. Grow up, Carolyn. That's are right. Any of those in there? Yes, they certainly are. Grow up, Carolyn. This is by far and away <laughs> the most childish, vindictive machination you have ever concocted. It's as if the film was playing right now. <laughs> I'm right on top of that, Rose. You know, I was going to open the show with that, and since I didn't, I'm just going to play I'm that. Right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> a second time. 
That'd be a good ringtone. It's pretty. She almost sings that. Yeah, she does. I'm right on top of that rose. And it has music in the background. It does. There's music wall to wall on this thing. Yeah. That's one of the things I love, too, about pulling audio clips. You really sort of get a sense of the movie in a totally different way. You can see how much layered the audio is. Yes. And also you can hear bad overdubs. Since this is the biggest night in GAW history, I thought you might like to know that this all rests in the hands of a child. child. A child you hired. This is by far and away the most petty, <laughs> petty, spiteful, spiteful. machination you have ever concocted. Grow up, Carolyn. Grow up, Carolyn. <laughs> so good. And, um, well, we heard this already, but it bears repeating. You know, park it yourself, Metallica Brett. <laughs> and I think... Gosh! Uh, whoops. Gus getting uh, told off is pretty good. So, Ellen, I was looking for you. Great house! <laughs> You look lovely. Thank you. No, I know you said you're not interested. That's right, but... I understand why, and I want you to know I'm not taking this lightly. Gus, it's just that I don't think that it's... No, I know, I know. My timing is off, and I I know you're you're just getting over a divorce. Gus, you can't imagine how off your timing is. Forget it. I love also that they just buy hook, line, and sinker that she's got like three to five kids. <laughs> How old are you? Because <laughs> first, when she gets the call up from the hospital, it's her son. And then she's like, oh, that's my daughter. Yeah. So they don't even, they're just like, okay, whatever. She's useful. Yeah. It's LA. Yeah, that's a <laughs> good point. The other good thing to remember is just kind of like, don't make a big deal of something and no one's going to raise a ruckus, right? <laughs> yeah. Just calm down. You'll get away with plenty. So I think that that's pretty much it for the thing. Uh, do you have any well, f- closing thoughts, or we could listen to more clips if you want? But well, uh, it, this is a formative film for me. I feel like it made me who I am in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So I I'm glad that I hope that we're exposing new people to it. I think we are. Yeah, you exposed me to it. Well, good. I'm glad. But thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate great. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with that, I guess we should close with the important line. Alaska, Alaska container, uh-huh. Alaska spill. Hey, oh. I was watching that. TV rocks your brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know what? I also love when the mom calls. Hello, mom. Hi, mom. How's Australia? Really? Oh, great. Yeah, they're fine. Everything's fine. Oh, uh, Mrs. Sturak? Well, she's not here right now. No, she had a date. Some guy. A mortician. <laughs> she had a date with a nice. mortician. Yeah. So nice. w- uh, we're going to decide who has to drag the old lady's body down to the morgue and dump it off. But to do that, we're going to flip a Mama Celeste pizza. Yes. It, yeah. Yeah. So we'll report findings on that later because we have to stop taping in order to do that. Yes, we do. Well, Aska, thank you so much for joining thank me on this. Thank you so much. This is fun. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it, too. We'll do it again sometime. Great. Love it. Fab. Okay. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.